Hello, and welcome to EDU, Eric DeReese University. I'm Dr. DeReese. Let's get started, shall we? Podcasting Solutions, Chapter 1. Podcasting 101. Podcasting is one of the most exciting and wonderfully disruptive technologies to emerge in recent history. Podcasting is exciting because anybody can get involved, express themselves, exchange ideas, or pitch their products. Whatever interests people have, there is a place for them in podcasting. Podcasting is disruptive because like any worthwhile new technology, podcasting breaks all the rules. Can you make a podcast about retro kitchen appliances? Sure. Can it be a minute long? Of course. Can it be an hour long? If you'd like. Can it be in slang? Uh Uh-huh. Podcasting puts the power to communicate into the hands of individuals. Thousands of people are already involved, each as unique as their podcast. There is no working within the system. In fact, there is no system. You don't need a fancy studio or an FCC license. You need only a a microphone or um, a video camera, a computer, and something to share with the rest of the world. Yes, you you read that correctly, the world. A stage has been erected on which the common man, or woman for that matter, can stand tall and be heard. The internet, the place of admission, uh, the price of admission is some basic equipment and a desire to communicate. That's all. Podcasters with their first podcast can reach a more geographically diverse audience than a radio station with the most powerful AM, FM transmitter in the world. All with no transmitters, no satellites, no regulations, audience members located in the United States, New Zealand, Japan, India, France, and many other countries are common for popular podcasts. The whole world really is paying attention. Access to such a huge potential audience has a privilege was a privilege once reserved only for large corporations and governments. But podcasting has changed everything. The individual has been empowered and given an equal voice. This means you. This revolution will not be televised. It will be podcast. There's one more thing we'd better clear up right from the start. You do not need an iPod to listen to or watch podcasts make podcasts or learn about podcasts. It's true. Thousands of people are creating and enjoying podcasts without ever having touched an iPod or uh, any other piece of Apple hardware or software. Yes, the word podcasting does borrow a little interest from uh, the pod in iPod, but that's where the connection ends. No one group or company controls any aspect of podcasting from the hardware and software used to create podcasts to the hardware and software used to listen to podcasts. It's anybody's game. What grew out of an experiment between a former MTV uh, VJ and a computer programmer um, quickly became a form of media distribution that would grow and spread faster than perhaps any other new media uh, development in recent history. First, it was the technical folks podcasting, the early adopters who were more interested in the fact that it actually worked than anything else. Soon, more people came to the party. Less techie folks embraced the opportunity and got involved. A married couple started podcasting out of an old farmhouse in Milwaukee. The bass player of of a San Francisco rock band started spinning tunes and talking about his life at home between gigs. And a young father in Denver started a show made up exclusively of cover songs. By mid-2005, it seemed everybody from radio stations to sci-fi television shows and from religious evangelicals uh, to caustic drag queens was getting into podcasting. Sound like fun? Let's get started and on our way to getting you, dear reader, set up and producing your own podcast. We'll save the story technical, uh, the gory technical details for a bit later, but not too much later. In this chapter, we'll focus on the following topics, the history of podcasting so far, what exactly podcasting is and, and why it has become so popular, a brief overview of how podcasting works to help you get your bearings. A brief history of podcasting. In, 19, in 1877, Thomas Edison made the first sound recording on what was to be known as the phonograph. 
it wasn't until 1887 that the first commercially available um, gramophone was made available. Okay, maybe we should jump ahead a little bit. We want our MP3. Former MTV VJ and interactive media uh, developer Adam Curry had been trying to find ways to use the internet to broadcast video and audio streams for years. Curry surmised that with the coming abundance of broadband, there must be a better way to use that pipeline to transmit content to the masses. His theory, which he coined the last yard, was that since a broadband connection is always on, uh, people could have huge files downloading at night as they slept or in the background while they, while they worked, and they could then be notified when the file download was complete. Instead, uh, instead of users feeling like they are uh, sitting and waiting for hours for something to download, they simply click a button and voila, the file is there. In 2000, Curry met with the respective developer Dave Weiner, well, it looks like Weiner actually, who was uh, instrumental in developing a uh, developing several computer and internet applications, as well as being the creator of really simple syndication, um, really simple syndication RSS. RSS is the means by which news stories and weblogs um, are syndicated throughout the web. Together, Curry and Weiner um, theorized that there must be a way to use RSS to deliver not only headlines, but audio or video files as well. As a result of their discussion, Weiner created the tag with um, the enclosure tag within his RSS specification, enabling applications to fetch files off of the internet by simply following the URL within the code pointing to that file. Audio blogs. Uh, okay, enter audio blogs. The first audio blog may have been posted as early as uh, August of 2001 by a Canadian blogger living in San Francisco named Jish. Podcasting is uh, largely seen as an evolution of blogging, which uses a similar means to distribute text entries to readers. Over the next two years, audio blogging started to pick up some stream as people began posting audio posts and various recordings on their sites. Many started to use Weiner's enclosure tag um, in October of 2003 at the annual blogger conference known as Blogger Con, a blogger named Harold Gilchrist headed a session on the emergence of audio blogging, including demonstrations of some applications for downloading the associated enclosures, audio files. During the same period, uh, Christopher Leiden, a popular radio host, was hosting audio interviews with an associated RSS feed that Weiner helped him set up. An RSS feed is simply a page of code, in this case pointing to the MP3 file, but more on that later. Now that there is there was some audio content appearing, Curry went to work. He wanted a way to get Leiden's interviews to not only automatically download to his computer, but also go a step further and sync to his iPod. Curry knew he needed an application that would check several RSS feeds one at a time for the enclosure tag, and when it found a new enclosure, MP3, download it automatically and move it onto his iPod. Unfortunately, for Curry, he was not a computer programmer, and he had a hard time uh, convincing any computer programmers to write the application for him. Soon he found himself learning to program in AppleScript so that he could hack away and carve out the first version of his iPodder. In Curry's words, the first version of iPodder really sucked because I'm not a developer. Observing open source projects led me to believe that releasing my code would attract other developers who might consider fixing and or contributing to my work. Source code. Curry soon realized that for programmers to have the best chance at truly testing the system, they would need a real-world testing situation. While others, including Dave Weiner, uh, Harold Gilchrist, and Christopher Leiden, had uh, been occasionally publishing audio content using the enclosure tag, Curry decided to help move the development process along by launching the first show 
produced on a consistent basis, daily source code, whose name was carefully chosen to attract uh, tech heads, enabling uh, developers to accurately test the software outside of a lab setting. With the launch of Curry's show in August 2004, what would eventually be called podcasting was born. Of course, at the time, there was no agreed upon name for syndicated audio content using RSS. So most people just called it audio blogging. If you build it, they will come, as the saying goes. Curry did, and they did. Soon developers and programmers from around the world were tinkering with the program and adding to it, fixing it, and testing it. Some developers even decided to create their own versions of Curry's program. Curry's daily source code served as the bar that anyone could reach for, though his easy charm and years of radio experience, uh, oh, through his easy through his easy charm and years of experience, Curry created show a show of such casual professionalism and sincere enthusiasm that he naturally became a Pied Piper of sorts for anyone who ever dreamt of getting behind a microphone. Soon he was not only one uh, producing a show, soon he was not the only one producing a show. Before you knew it, the revolution was well underway. The re revolution has a name. Other early adopters, including Dave Slusher and his show Evil Genius Chronicles and Doug Kay, who had already been producing IT uh, conversations with RSS syndication of his audio content for a little more than a year. Throughout early September 2004, things really started to move, but still without an agreed-upon name. Earlier in February 2004, Ben Hammersley wrote an article about audio blogs and online radio in which he uh, speculated about possible names for what people were doing. Seven um, for what people were doing. Uh, podcasting being among those names, yet barely recognized the word would disappear for roughly seven months. In the interim, some people who liked the term registered domains, um, including Danny Gregoire, who had independently created the name and registered podcaster.net. Then it appeared a confluence of ideas and a little bit of luck. Then it happened. A confluence of ideas and a little bit of luck. Dave Slusher of Evil Genius Chronicles wrote on September 18, 2004, I've been noticing something downloading audio blogs, audio blog posts with the user agent of Podcaster. There's an URL in there that points to podcaster.net, but there isn't anything yet. I wonder what that is, what this is. I do like this as a term for what it is when you are creating things to distribute via the iPod platform. Podcasting, right on. Shortly thereafter, the term podcasting gained traction and became associated with the movement that was already underway. Throughout the following months, more and more people led to the pioneers, such as Adam Curry, Dave Weiner, and Dave Slusher, picked up the microphone, the, the microphones, the microphone, and got involved. New shows were created and released at a breakneck pace. Directors and groups of podcasters were formed. Just a year after Gilchrist's session on audio blogs, the blogger.com or the blogger con held in November 2004, included a session by uh, a session led by Curry uh, dedicated to podcasting that was attended by an overflow crowd. This was an opportunity for many of uh, the early pioneers to sit in the same room and talk face-to-face. -face. By now, it was too late to turn back. The word podcasting had been, uh, had been had taken hold. Michael was fortunate enough to attend the BloggerCon uh, session and says it was one of the magic moments in an emerging movement. You can listen to the audio from this historic session at www.itconversation.com shows details 275.html. By 2005, podcasting was becoming more and more mainstream for an underground movement. In the spring, uh, Apple launched iTunes 4.9, the first version of its popular music player store that integrated podcasts uh, directly into the software. 
subscribing to, transferring, and listening to podcasts was almost effortless. The floodgates to a mass audience had been opened. Podcasting has continued to grow, and much of its history is still being written. In fact, we hope someone reading this book will soon deserve a, a place in, the, in the, this text the next time it is updated. As we press on, it's um, let's not lose sight of, the, of one thing. Podcasting is not simply a new way to distribute audio and video programs. It's a form of expression, of interaction, of community building. Through the unique dialogue that is a podcast, communities of enthusiasts are built, tools are created, and podcasts are sold. Podcasting is a vibrant and exciting new world, one that we have only just uh, begun to explore. So the question probably... Shut up. Shut up. Who asked you? I don't know why it turned on. So the question probably on your mind right now is, what exactly is podcasting? We'll answer that next. What exactly is a podcast, and why is it so darn great? Simply put, a podcast or audio or video content available on the Internet that can be automatically delivered to your computer or portable media uh, player. Strip away all the upcoming potential confusion of feeds, aggregators, supervision, uh, subscriptions, and so on. And what's left? Audio and video via subscription. So what's the big deal? We've had Internet radio on the web for more than a decade. Real Audio, QuickTime, and Windows Media have all promised in their own way to revolutionize the way we enjoy media. Yet the revolution never happened for this for these products. All of these formats offer audio and or video playback on demand via the web, but none has taken hold the way podcasting has. Why? Because there's nothing sexy about sitting at your desk waiting for a media file to buffer. That is not much of a revolution. Many web surfers, uh, tired of waiting for the content to finally sputter to life, ended up turning the radio or television back on and getting on with their lives. Why is podcasting different? How is it that this promise of audio and video over the web is a superior is superior to its predecessors? Why are thousands, millions perhaps, of people every day enjoying the fruits of the podcasting revolution? The sections that follow answer these uh, questions by examining the main advantages of podcasting in some detail. To summarize quickly, podcasting is automatic. It's easy to control by the uh, consumer. It's portable and it's always available. Automatic. Podcasts can be downloaded automatically only onto your computer. Once you know which shows you like, you don't have to go looking for them. They come to you. Like a digital video recorder, recording your favorite shows by subscription, you have the benefit of being able to subscribe to your favorite podcast via an RSS feed, which we'll explain later. Once you've found a podcast you'd like uh, to listen to or watch regularly, you can simply subscribe to the feed using simple software called a podcast aggregator or podcatcher. Uh, such as Apple's iTunes. Each new show listed in the feed will download automatically into your computer or portable media player as it uh, becomes available. No hunting around the internet, no time wasted visiting several websites to check out your favorite shows. The podcasts simply come to you. So, so that there's no confusion, we'd like to emphasize that subscribing to podcasts doesn't cost anything when we talk about subscriptions and subscribing to a podcast, we're merely referring to setting up your system to receive the RSS feed and automatically download any new shows that are posted. More on that soon. As of today, the overwhelming majority of podcasters are delivered free of charge. In fact, podcasts that cost money are a rarity, though they are starting to appear as people try to grasp the business models podcasting can support. We discuss uh, ways to make money with your podcast in Chapter 12. Easy to control. Podcasting puts the listener in control, unlike email distribution where the sender decides who will get the file uh, files, whether the recipients want them or not. 
podcasting lets the audience decide. Uh, besides, uh, because you control your list of subscriptions, if you no longer want to receive a show, you just unsubscribe. The shows stop coming. It's that simple. No opt-out requirements or begging to be removed from a list. Also, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity secure because much like listening to the radio, subscribing to podcasts is anonymous. No one will know you're out there unless you decide to tell them. Finally, you don't need to worry about spam or viruses. RSS essentially forms a trusted channel where you know the only content put into the feed is that which the publisher has decided to add. Again, if you ever decide you no longer want to receive what the publisher is including in the feed, simply unsubscribe. You're in complete control. Portable. Podcasts are predominantly MPEG-1, audio layer 3, MP3, audio files, and video files encoded specifically for use on the web and in portable players. The MP3 file format has been instrumental in making audio on the Internet such a success. In fact, among many Internet users, MP3s are quickly replacing compact discs in the same way compact discs replaced audio cassettes and vinyl in the 1990s. While there is some loss of fidelity with MP3, if you use, if you care when converting your source master into uh, an MP3 that will be reduced in size yet continue to maintain sonic quality, the quality can still far exceed that of both AM and FM radio. Because of the relatively small file sizes of MP3s and internet compatible video files, uh, they're perfect for downloading from the internet and transferring to a portable media player. Or if you like, you can burn MP3s as an audio CD to make uh, to take anywhere and share with just about anyone. You are no longer trapped at your desk, chained to um, a stuttering stream from one of the popular media players. Podcasts provide clear, steady, and um, steady audio and video that you can take with you and enjoy whenever and wherever you like. Always available. The fact that you can enjoy podcasts whenever you like is another important part of the growing success of podcasting. This aspect of podcasting has caused many people to compare it to DVRs, such as TiVo. Podcasts are, in essence, uh, radio and television on demand, time-shifted to fit into your schedule. You don't have to worry about missing your favorite shows because it will be there on your hard drive or portable media player whenever you want it. Podcasting frees you from the appointment-based uh, consumption dictated by traditional media. Have a meeting during your favorite show? Uh, with radio and TV, you're out of luck. With podcasting, subscribe to that show, and it will be waiting on your portable media player, ready for you to play uh, to play it when you like. In a nutshell, the sound and image quality of podcasting and podcasting encoding, the ease of subscribing and downloading, and the portability of the files all make podcasting an important advance in the distribution and enjoyment of digital media. With each passing day, more and more podcasts are being created, produced, uploaded, and downloaded around the world. Shows on every imaginable topic are available right now for free. Amateurs, skilled hobbyists, and seasoned professionals are putting together new and beautifully produced content every day, and it is all there for the downloading. Communities are springing up around the most obscure topics, and information is being exchanged, and theories are being discussed on every imaginable subject. If you have a hobby, an interest, or a curiosity about anything, chances are there's a podcast for you. If not, there soon will be, or perhaps you should start a podcast of your own. You'll soon find you're, uh, you aren't the only one looking for a podcast on Nepalese goat herding. How it all works. Downloading podcasts via subscription is a simple process that requires only three elements, the podcast itself, the RSS feed, and a podcatcher such as iTunes or Juice. As we said before, the podcast itself is an audio or video file ranging in size anywhere from 
uh, one megabyte to 200 megabytes, roughly a megabyte per minute or two for most audio shows and much more for video shows, depending on the frame rate, size, and so on. That may sound like a lot of download, but now that broadband access, such as cable and DSL, is so widely available, it takes far less time to download a file than uh, you might expect. If you are still using a standard dial-up modem, then you will easily, uh, then you will really appreciate the benefits of podcasting. You can set your pro uh, podcast aggregator to download the podcasts you desire overnight. No more endless waiting for files to download. Your aggregator will do it while you sleep or when your computer is sitting idle. Now that's efficient. We are about to talk talk briefly about uh, computer code. Uh, we would like to take this opportunity to make something very clear before we proceed. Uh, you do not now, nor will you ever, need to fully understand or be able to write code to listen to or produce your own podcasts, we promise. The second element is the RSS feed, which is a simple bit of extens extensible markup language, XML, code stored on the web as a raw uh, text file. The code includes vital information about the podcast, including when the last uh, show was added to the list, its title, and a brief description of the edition. RSS is the same code used to supply news feeds for my Yahoo blog lines and other online newsreaders with up-to-date headlines, articles, and comic strips. In the case of a podcast, along with the code tags for the title and last date of publication of, your, of the feed, is an enclosure tag. This is the bit of magic that makes it all possible. The enclosure tag contains information about the location, size, and type of file associated with the feed. The feed does not contain the file itself. Rather, it is stored, uh, rather, it stores the web address as a URL of where the podcast file is stored on the internet. With this information, your podcatcher knows where to go to retrieve the associated file. Here's some bits of sample RSS code to give you an idea of what an RSS feed looks like. Confusing at first glance to the non-geek, to be sure. Eventually, we will get into the feeder, get into the feed in great detail, but not right now. For clarity, we've included only the piece of code that might make sense at this point in the process. With a lot of uh, distracting, mind-boggling code stripped away, it comes clear exactly. It becomes clear uh, how simple, really simple syndication really is. When you check your subscriptions, a matter of clicking a button, the podcaster, uh, the podcatcher checks each feed for a new enclosure. If a new enclosure has been added to any of the feeds you subscribe to, the new file is automatically downloaded. The aggregator simply checks RSS feed addresses for new files, and when it finds them, it downloads them uh, and manages them based on your podcatcher settings. This process is, however, invisible to the subscriber. All you do is click a button and wait while the latest podcasts from your active list of subscriptions download. Summary: As you can see, there's no hidden magic to podcasting. When you break it down, uh, when you break it down, in fact, no, when you break it down, in fact, it's rather straightforward. As with most exciting creations, the ingredients were uh, were there all along. It just took some people willing to experiment to pull all the pieces together. Since we uh, know you are anxious to get started, this chapter marks the end of the general podcasting overview. From here on out, it's nothing but details, examples, and explanations. We worked hard in this book to walk the line between leaving nothing out and bombarding you with too much information. Any lesson will feel like we might be leaving out that tiny bit of information that makes it all click for you. There are as many ways to produce podcasts as there are podcasters. Uh, this book was written with the hope of giving people the information they need to enjoy podcasting on their own terms. There is no right way. There's no wrong way. There's only your way. Our sincerest hope is that within the pages of this book is the way that works for you. Next, we're going to bring you up to speed on 
how to set your podcast client and start receiving and enjoying some of the great shows that are available. Hi, this is Dr. DeReese. Do you like what you're hearing in this podcast? Would you like to hear more? Well, why not support this podcast by making a donation? The amount doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, I am certainly grateful for. And while you're at it, why not make a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in this podcast? I'm certainly open to suggestions. And let me just say, thank you for your support. Well, that's the end of this episode of the podcast EDU, Eric DeReese University. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.